Chapter thirty three of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by Hugh Waldo Cutler. Chapter thirty three Sir Launcelot and the Fair Maid of Astolat. After the quest of the Holy Grail was fulfilled, and all knights that were left alive were come again unto the table round. Then was there great joy in the court, and in especial King Arthur and Queen Guinevere made great joy of the remnant that were come home. Passing glad were the king and queen of Sir Launcelot and of Sir Bors, for they had been long away in the quest of the Holy Grail. Then, as the book saith, Sir Launcelot began to resort unto Queen Guinevere again, and forget the promise that he made in the quest. For... Had he not been in his privy thoughts and in his minds so set inwardly to the queen, as he was in seeming outward to God, there had no knight passed him in the quest of the Holy Grail. But ever his thoughts were privily on the queen, more than to forehand, so that many in the court spake of it, and in especial Sir Agravaine, Sir Gawain's brother, for he was ever open-mouthed. Thus it passed forth till on a day the king let cry great jousts and a tournament that should be at Camelot that is Winchester, and thither came many knights. So King Arthur made him ready to depart to these jousts, and would have had the queen with him, but she would not go, pretending to be sick. This grieved the king, for such a fellowship of knights had not been seen together since the Whitsuntide, when Galahad departed from the court. And many deemed the queen would not be there, because of Sir Launcelot of the Lake, who would not ride with the king, for he said he was not whole of a wound. So when the king was departed, the queen called Sir Launcelot unto her, and told him he was greatly to blame, thus to hold himself before his lord, and counselled him to take his way towards the tournament at Winchester. So upon the morn he took his leave of the queen and departed. He rode all that day, and at eventide he came to Astolat, that is Guilford, and was lodged at the place of an old baron, named Sir Bernard of Astolat. The old knight welcomed him in the best manner, but he knew not that he was Sir Launcelot. "'Fair sir,' said Sir Launcelot to his host, "'I would pray you to lend me a shield that is not openly known, for mine be well known, and I would go to the tournament in disguise.' "'Sir,' said his host, "'ye shall have your desire, for me seemeth ye be one of the likeliest knights of the world, and I shall show you friendship. Sir, wit ye well, I have two sons which were but late made knights. The eldest is called Sir Tur, and he was hurt that same day that he was made knight, so that he may not ride. His shield ye shall have, for that is not known, I dare say, except in this place. And my youngest son is named Sir Lavaine, and if it please you, he shall ride with you unto the jousts, for he is of his age strong and brave. Much my heart leads me to believe that ye should be a noble knight. Therefore I pray you tell me your name. As for that, said Sir Launcelot, ye must hold me excused at this time. But if God give me grace to speed well at the jousts, I shall come again and tell you. But I pray you in any wise, let me have your son Sir Lavaine with me, and his brother's shield. This shall be done, said Sir Bernard. This old baron had a daughter, Elaine Le Blanc, that was called at that time the fair maid of Astolat. Ever she beheld Sir Launcelot admiringly, and, as the book saith, she cast such a love unto him that she could never withdraw her love. So she besought him to wear at the jousts a token of hers. "'Fair damsel,' said Sir Launcelot, 
if I grant you that, ye may say I do more for your love than ever I did for lady or damsel. Then he remembered that he would go to the jousts disguised, and because he had never afore that time borne any manner of token of any damsel, he bethought him that he would bear one of her, so that none of his blood thereby might know him. And then he said, Fair maiden, I will grant you to wear a token of yours upon my helmet. Therefore show me what it is. Sir, she said, it is a red sleeve of mine, of scarlet, well embroidered with great pearls. So she brought it him, and Sir Launcelot received it, saying that he had never done so much for any damsel. Then he left his shield in the fair maiden's keeping, and prayed her to care for it until that he came again. So that night he had merry rest and great cheer, for ever the damsel Elaine was about Sir Launcelot, all the while she might be suffered. On the morn Sir Launcelot and Sir Lavaine took their leave of Sir Bernard, the old baron, and of his daughter, the fair maid of Astolat, and then they rode so long till they came to Camelot. There was great press of kings, dukes, earls and barons, and many noble knights. But there Sir Launcelot was lodged privily, by the means of Sir Lavaine, with a rich burgess, so that no man in that town was where what they were. At the time appointed the jousts began, and Sir Launcelot made him ready in his best manner, and put the red sleeve upon his head and fastened it fast. Then he with Sir Lavaine came in at the thickest of the press, and did marvellous deeds of arms, so that all wondered what knight he might be. Sir Gawain said it might be Sir Launcelot by his riding and his buffets, but ever it seemed it should not be he, for he bore the red sleeve upon his head, and he never wist Sir Launcelot bear token of lady or gentleman at any jousts. At the last, by misfortune, Sir Bors unhorsed Sir Launcelot, and smote him through the shield into the side, and the spear brake and the head was left still in his side. But Sir Lavaine by great force took the horse from the King of Scots, and brought it to his lord, Sir Launcelot, and in spite of them all he made him to mount upon that horse. Then Launcelot gat a spear in his hand, and then he smote Sir Bors, horse and man, to the earth. In the same wise served he other knights, and, as the book saith, he might have slain them, but his heart might not serve him thereto, and he left them there. Then afterwards he hurled in the thickest press of them all, and did there the marvellous deeds of arms that ever man saw or heard speak of, and ever Sir Lavaine, the good knight, was with him. And there Sir Launcelot with his sword smote and pulled down, as the French book maketh mention, more than thirty knights, and the most part were of the table round. And Sir Lavaine also did full well that day. At the last the king blew unto lodging, and the prize was given by heralds unto the knight with the white shield, that bare the red sleeve. But Sir Launcelot was sore hurt and cared not for honour, and groaning piteously, he rode at a great gallop awayward from all the knights, until he came under a wood's side. When he saw that he was from the field nigh a mile, so that he was sure he might not be seen, he besought Sir Lavaine as he loved him to draw the truncheon out of his side. This Sir Lavaine dreaded sore to do, lest Sir Launcelot should be in peril of death from loss of blood, if the truncheon were drawn out. Yet he did as his lord would have him do, and Sir Launcelot gave a great shriek, and so swooned pale and deadly. Thereupon Sir Lavaine took him to a hermitage fast by within two miles, where dwelt a gentle hermit, that sometime was a full noble knight and a great lord of possessions. For great goodness he had taken himself to wilful poverty, and forsaken many lands. He was a full noble surgeon, 
and anon he stanched Sir Launcelot's blood, and made him to drink good wine, so that he was well refreshed, and came to himself. Meanwhile King Arthur let seek the knight that bare the red sleeve, that he might have his lord and honour, and the prize as was right. But he could not be found, and the king and all the knights feared he was sore hurt in the battle. Then Sir Gawain took a squire with him, and drove all about Camelot within six or seven miles, but could hear no word of him. Then within two days King Arthur and all the fellowship returned unto London again, and so as they rode by the way, it happened that Sir Gawain was lodged at Astolat with Sir Bernard. There by the means of the shield left in Elaine's care, he learned that the knight who won such honour at the tournament was none other than Sir Launcelot himself, and the fair maid of Astolat learned on how valiant a knight she had fixed her love. When Elaine heard also that Sir Launcelot was grievously wounded, and that the knights knew not where he lay, she said to Sir Bernard her father, "'Now I request you, give me leave to ride and to seek him, or else I wot well I shall go out of my mind, for I shall never stop till that I find him and my brother, Sir Lavaine. "'Do as it liketh you,' said her father, "'for I am right sore grieved of the hurt of that noble knight.' Right so the maid made herself ready, and Sir Gawain rode on to London, where he openly disclosed to all the court that it was Sir Launcelot that bore the red sleeve, and that jousted best. And when Sir Bors heard that, wit ye well he was a heavy man, and so were all his kinsmen, for it was he who had given Sir Launcelot, that was his own cousin, the grievous wound in the tournament. But when Queen Guinevere wist that Sir Launcelot bare the red sleeve of the fair maid of Astolat, she was nigh out of her mind for wrath, and called him false traitor, because he had worn the token of any lady but herself. As fair Elaine came to Winchester, she sought there all about, and by fortune Sir Lavaine had ridden out to refresh himself and to exercise his horse. Anon, as Elaine saw him, she knew him, and then she cried aloud unto him. When he heard her, anon he came hither, and then she asked her brother how Sir Launcelot did. "'Who told you, sister?' said he, "'that my lord's name is Sir Launcelot.' Then she told him how Sir Gawain knew him by his shield, and so they rode together till they came to the hermitage. Anon she alighted, and Sir Lavaine brought her in to Sir Launcelot. So this maiden Elaine never went from Sir Launcelot, but watched him day and night, and did such attendance to him that the French book saith there was never woman did kindlier for man than she. After a long while he was healed of his wounds, and so upon a morn they took their horses, and Elaine Leblanc with them, and departed from the hermit. And when they came to Astolat, there they were well lodged, and had great cheer of Sir Bernard, the old baron, and of Sir Tur, his son. When Sir Launcelot should depart from Astolat for to return to King Arthur's court, fair Elaine seemed like to die for love of him, and for sorrow at his going. But Sir Launcelot loved only Queen Guinevere, and thought never to be wedded man, and could only grieve at her great sorrow, and for her good will and great kindness, he promised that, Whensoever she should set her heart upon some good knight that would wed her, he would give her a thousand pounds yearly, and always while he lived be her own true knight. Then Sir Launcelot took his leave, and with Sir Lavaine he came unto Winchester. And when Arthur wist that Sir Launcelot was come whole and sound, he made great joy of him, and so did all the knights of the round table except Sir Agravaine and Sir Mordred. Now speak we of the fair maiden of Astolat, that made such sorrow day and night, that she never slept, ate, or drank, and ever she made her lament for Sir Launcelot. 
when she had thus endured a ten days, and weakened so that she must needs pass out of this world, she prepared for death, but ever she mourned for Sir Launcelot. Then her priest bade her leave such thoughts, but she said, Why should I leave such thoughts? Am I not an earthly woman? And all the while the breath is in my body I may lament, for I do none offence, though I love an earthly man, and I take God to my record I never loved any but Sir Launcelot of the lake, and as I am a pure maiden, I never shall. And since it is the sufferance of God that I shall die for the love of so noble a knight, I beseech the High Father of Heaven to have mercy upon my soul. And sweet Lord Jesus, I take thee to record, I was never great offender against thy laws, but that I loved this noble knight Sir Launcelot out of measure, and of myself, good Lord, I might not withstand the fervent love wherefore I have my death. Then she called her father Sir Bernard and her brother Sir Tur, and heartily she prayed her father that her brother might write a letter, like as she did indite it, and so her father granted her. And when the letter was written word by word as she devised, then she prayed her father that after her death she might be put in a barge in all her richest clothes, the letter fast in her right hand, and that the barge, covered over and over with black samite, might be steered by one boatman only down the Thames to Westminster. So she died, and all was done as she desired. Now by fortune King Arthur and Queen Guinevere were speaking together at a window of the palace, and as they looked they espied this black barge, and had marvel what it meant. And the king sent three knights thither to bring him ready word what was there. Then these three knights came to the barge, and found therein the fairest corpse lying in a rich bed, and a poor man sitting at the barge's end, and no word would he speak. Then the king took the queen by the hand and went thither, and there they saw the fair woman in all the rich clothing lying as though she smiled. And the queen espied the letter in her right hand, and a clerk read it in the presence of many knights. This was the intent of the letter. Most noble knight Sir Launcelot, now hath death made us two at debate for your love. I was your lover, that men called the fair maiden of Astolat. Therefore unto all ladies I make my moan. Yet pray for my soul, and bury me at the least, and offer my mass penny. This is my last request. And a clean maiden I died, I take God to witness. Pray for my soul, Sir Launcelot, as thou art peerless. When the letter was read, the king, the queen, and all the knights wept for pity at the doleful lament. Then was Sir Launcelot sent for, and when he heard the letter word for word, he said, My lord Arthur, wit ye well I am right heavy of the death of this fair damsel. But God knoweth I was never cause of her death by my willing. I will not say but that she was both fair and good, and much I was beholden unto her, but she loved me out of measure. Then said the king unto Sir Launcelot, It will be your honour that ye oversee that she be interred honourably. Sir, said Sir Launcelot, that shall be done as I can best devise. So upon the morn she was interred richly, and Sir Launcelot offered her mass penny, and all the knights of the table round that were there at that time offered with Sir Launcelot. And the queen sent for Sir Launcelot and prayed him of mercy, because she had been wroth with him causeless and he willingly forgave her. So it passed on all that winter with all manner of hunting and hawking, and jousts and tourneys were many betwixt the great lords, and ever in all places Sir Lavaine gat great honour, so that he was nobly renowned among many knights of the table round. 
End of chapter 33